You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. It is out. The Buckos win. That ball's hit well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Welcome to the North Shore 9 Podcast, everybody. Um, I am your host today. Uh, Anthony DiNardo is on uh, his anniversary, celebrating his anniversary. So it's me, Jim Rosati. Um, with me is... Tyler, aka Wagner, to hopeless. How are you doing, Tyler? Living the dream now. <laughs> we got a better guess, so thankfully Denardo's not here. We're all good. Yeah, definitely an upgrade from Denardo. So uh, there's been a lot happening in baseball today, so I'm pretty excited to, to introduce our, our guest today. Um, a lot of you guys know him. He was on the Pirates beat what seems like a lifetime ago, really. <laughs> but uh, um, since then, he wrote uh, Big Data Baseball, wrote MVP Machine. He's now working for The Score um, as an MLB writer there. Travis Sachek, welcome to the podcast. Nice to have you on. Yeah, great to be with you guys and to be back in the uh, Pittsburgh media world. So uh, it's nostalgic, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been too long, but so much has changed in baseball. And since I was on the beat or really when I was on the beat, it started from the data avalanche to two different scan to the, <laughs> to the Astros sign ceiling scandal, to all sorts of crazy things have happened. The, uh, yeah. Player development changes, Chris Archer trade, lots of crazy things have happened. So it's, lots, it's good to be back with you. Yeah. yeah, lots of stuff. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, what, what was cool. I mean, you were the beat writer back when like we were good. <laughs> and, and it probably wouldn't be as fun now, <laughs> or maybe it would be fun. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it was You're weird always... coming on the. It was weird coming on the beat then because I have I had no experience with like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh baseball culture, or the fan experience, and just. <laughs> you know i understandably people are pretty jaded and just, uh <laughs> slow to embrace some of the success but then yeah it was really cool to see it all culminate with that playoff appearance and uh, that wild card game in 2013 i've still never heard a baseball stadium that loud as pnc park was that night so that was a really cool that was a cool experience you can still count on writing an article about nutting selling the team and getting clicked <laughs> so that not much has changed there yeah <laughs> uh yeah i <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've been around small market baseball my whole life, so I understand those frustration for sure. And that could be a whole different episode. But uh, yeah, a lot is, <laughs> but a lot has changed, and some things have remained the same. I guess is one way to put it. Yeah, a lot of things have happened. Um, one of the things, obviously, that, uh, that you know, I asked you to come on board the show to talk about was uh, two weeks ago. Uh, you published an article. And it, it was it was pretty interesting because, you know, we've been hearing about this whole, you know, sticky situation going on with baseball. Um, it, it's really culminating and it's really exploded this past these past few weeks. Um, but you had a, had a pretty cool article where you went and uh, you, know, you actually tested out some of this stuff. Um, 
so so kind of just talk talk to me about that that whole experience like what was what was that like um what are some things that you learned um I mean I'm, I'm sure that had to be pretty fun but at the same time kind of like eye-opening to like what what these things could do yeah so I think you know the the article was out two weeks ago the same day the owners met and were presented with evidence of uh, what baseball had found the first two months of the season, what players were using, how much effect it had. So, uh, <laughs> and a lot has changed since then, but you know, I think most serious baseball fans had heard, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer blow the whistle a few years ago about sticky stuff and people were aware of the, the pitchers were using foreign substance and that maybe it was playing a role in strikeout rate. Uh, so all that was, you know, somewhat known and, I mean, pitchers have always been using foreign substances, so that wasn't like a new idea. But we, I mean, my, in talking with the editors about this, our idea was, okay, well, let's go. Part of my thought process is, well, yes, this has always been going on, but I feel like pitchers are weaponizing it today because they can go, every team has spin tracking data in their bullpens, all the private facilities out there that pitchers train at. Uh, in addition to the stack cast on field tracking. So pitchers can, before 2015, pitchers were guessing when they were using stuff. And is this really helping me? I think it might be, but I don't really know. Well, since 2015, since StatCast, since Repsoto, pitchers know for sure if they want to know how much spin helps their performance, what certain stuff does to their spin. So it feels like this is a whole different level and they can experiment with anything and try it out. And some pitchers were, uh, so I didn't think, I mean, some people had experimented to some degree. I mean, even in the MVP machine I wrote with Ben Lindbergh, I had had a guy at driveline experiment with a few different things, but we wanted to like go through the menu of what pitchers were using common things and see, okay, what is the difference? Uh, and is there, are there really big jumps between say rosin and sunscreen and spider tack, which has become the, the, no one was talking about spider tack a few weeks ago. And now it's everyone's talking about spider tack. So what was the difference? So I I made the Amazon order and we got all as much stuff as we could, as quickly as we could. And yeah, I went to uh, performance velocity systems in, in the South Hills there. It was, I was looking for a place with a wrap soda unit in Cleveland, so I wouldn't have to travel as far, but I, I couldn't find one. So I went, <laughs> I went, I went to my old stomping grounds and yeah, the results are eye opening. Even someone, I mean, I'm not really a pitcher very loosely. I could be considered an amateur pitcher <laughs> very loosely, but even me uh, sitting at, you know, 56 to 59 miles an hour, dabbing, putting just a little spider tack on my hand. Uh, you know, I was seeing a 20% spin bump. I went from 1440 RPM to the low 1800s just from spider tack. And that was a huge difference from sunscreen and rosin or rosin alone. And it's like, yeah, when you look at what that kind of bump does at the major league level to strikeout rates and swing and miss rates, it's eye-opening and it's jarring. And that's, that's so easy. Uh, I mean, these guys are so velocities increase so much, the breaking designed, you know, Pitch design breaking balls are so good now. You add in kind of a more scientific approach to using illegal substances, and it's just it. I think it is playing a huge role, at least a role in the strikeout rate, the record of the batting averages, and in a way, we set out to kind of prove that. And I think 
I think we had some effect in opening some eyes and it was, it was just fun to go through the process too. And uh, we really, uh, you know, for anyone who teaches a high school physics class or middle school physics class, you know, we gave you a layup lesson one day, go use, <laughs> go, go teach Magnus effect and use yeah. our experiment. So yeah, that's kind of like in a rambling way to answer your question. That's sort of how it came about and what we were trying to accomplish. And it's, uh, it's been, I mean, we just were for, fortunate with the timing uh, that baseball kind of met and had this decision then too is kind of grabbed a lot of people were really interested in the subject. So we got lucky with the timing, but yeah, it's going to be uh, crazy to see this play out. And uh, yeah, it was, it's been interesting. First off, we're not going to gloss over the fact that he didn't crack 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's you can't say sad. you sat 56 to 59. You didn't crack 60. Uh, but <laughs> uh yeah my average was 56 my peak was like 59.1 uh and you cheated to get there and i and i cheated <laughs> i might have got some velocity it'll be interesting to see if velocity goes down too once the crackdown really takes place because uh maybe it does add some below too but yeah it is yeah it's uh kind of embarrassing and but i'll tell you what i bet most people think they can sit 70 i, I don't think so i mean <laughs> if oh, you sat 70 you're probably a pitcher on your high school team uh i i would say uh i am not a i am a pathetic thrower of the baseball but it does give you a new appreciation for guys sitting 95 like that is almost double what i am what i am doing doing here and yeah it is embarrassing so there's a reason <laughs> you had to put your e- i had to put my ego on the side <laughs> to uh to pull this off and to conduct that experiment there's a reason you write about it, and I sell insurance that Jim does <laughs> yeah. whatever he does. But right. in all seriousness, I, I had never heard of spider attack before, really, all of this. And if you told me before about the foreign substances, I think I would just assume you were talking about pine tar or sunscreen <laughs> or rosin. So I guess at this point, it seems like it's a little – it might be a little overblown on how many guys are using spider attack because everyone thinks everyone's using it. So how prevalent do you find it now? Yeah, I would. It'd be great to have like an anonymous survey done. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the athletic beat writers could pull, pull that together and publish it or something. But uh, I mean, I think the majority of pitchers are using, you know, the sunscreen rosin, probably some pine tar combo. Spider Attack was, I think, in recent years, it made its way through baseball. I don't know. I can't give you a good answer on how many guys are using it. Uh, and there's all sorts of other concoctions. I mean, Pelican uh, Dip Grip, I think it's called, is similar. Uh, I know Driveline has been experimenting with that for years. Firm Grip, uh, maybe a little more common for batters to use that. Uh, it's kind of a pine, it's like an aerosol pine tar that's more stickier than the, the bag of pine tar. Uh, but I know pitchers have used that too. So yeah, I would I would think I would put <laughs> Spider Tech is in that Pelican. And then designer substances for guys who are either going to chemists or have created their own concoctions. I think that is a separate tier. And the curious high-end cheaters have been using that. And I think if you go around and just look at the guys who have curious three, 400 RPM spin jumps uh, on their fastballs, those are probably the guys who have been using this stuff. Uh, Unless you're using it before 2015, you kind of grandfathered in so we can't so we can't pick up on what you were doing 
so I, I mean, I know baseball is using the blanket. Everything's banned except rosin, but I, I almost think there should be tears. Like I think sunscreen is going to be too hard to please. Uh, uh, I mean, sweat plus rosin creates a different effect. Uh, so I think some of that stuff should be okayed. Uh, I, I think the stuff that is really affecting performance is the, uh, you know, the spider tech family, I'll call it. And I can't give you a percentage, but I think it's climbing. And I think it would continue to climb unless baseball put its foot down. And I'm sure we'll get into the timing of this and other things. But yeah, I do think uh, there are different levels of sticky stuff and different levels of performance effect. So let's kind of go into that a little bit. We talked we talk about, okay, so now all these players, all, all pitchers are probably using something, right? But there's a select few and it's a growing number who are, who are using this, this extra sticky stuff, right? It's now led to, maybe not led to, but it's contributed to this issue that we're seeing now where baseball has this problem where not enough balls are being put in play, right? Um, and that's that's affecting a lot of things. So now baseball goes, they, they had this owner's meeting. Did they, they release this memo? What was it? A week ago or so. Um, everything's banned, right? There's going to be, every pitcher is going to be checked every game, you know, but if you get caught 10 game suspension. So we've, we've heard a lot of backlash with that. Um, you know, going to kind of our, our old buddies, Garrett Cole, you know, Garrett Cole, we saw his, his less than articulate response to the question, you know, have you ever used this stuff? Um, he, he just, it was like the, 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 the weirdest way to say yes, but without actually saying yes. Um, so he, we, so he's not really happy about it. Tyler Glass now goes down, partially tears his UCL. Going to try to avoid Tommy John surgery, but then Glassnow just goes off basically on, uh, on major league baseball and says, you know, I can't believe you're making this change in the middle of a season. It's going to, it's going to cause injury. Like he's saying that, that that's what contributed to my injury. So a lot of discourse now, um, I guess, what are your thoughts on, on, on MLB's response? First off, like was, was this response the right response? Um, what do you think you mentioned maybe certain tiers? What do you think they, what do you think the best way to kind of settle this is? Yeah, I, I have, I have mixed, I guess, opinions, uh, about it. I think, I do think the middle of the season change is, uh, I, I, I'm sensitive to the pitchers, uh, concerns about that and not loving it. It seems even though there was, I think Major League Baseball would say, well, we put out the March memo. We said, we're going to take this more seriously. You guys didn't change anything. <laughs> you know, we warned you again two weeks ago and we're doing it. So I think Major League Baseball would say, hey, we told you in March. Uh, but the players would say, well, we didn't think, you know, it was our understanding this wasn't going to happen this year as far as enforcement goes. So I do think the timing is tough and you would hate uh, to see injuries so if there's a huge injury rise and it even though it'd be tough to ever like know for sure whether this caused a ucl tear or something like that it would we saw a big injury spike that'd be really unfortunate and no one wants that uh so those are and i do think sunscreen should be okayed because when we experimented with it 
and it's possible. Me and the college arms I threw it with were not, we didn't have the right uh, ratio or if we, we weren't mixing it correctly or something, but it actually hurt our performance a little bit. Uh, we just were better with rosin. So I don't, I would like to see results of a, of a pro try that who's, who has a lot of experience. Uh, I couldn't get one of those guys to go on, <laughs> go on the record with it. Uh, so I think there should maybe be tiers where sunscreen's okay. But as far like, but as far as the big picture, long term thing, I think it is the right decision because baseball is on this. Every year, we're seeing strikeout rates go up. And look at bat on June third, major league batting average was two thirty six, which is crazy. I mean, even as recently as twenty seventeen, it was in the two fifties. So you're seeing this almost. You're seeing this every year. This I mean, unstoppable march, more strikeouts, lower batting average, and this really wasn't how baseball was. <laughs> meant to be played it's not the sport that became popular and you can think about kids trying to watch this uh nothing happens <laughs> an occasional right. home run between strikeouts and walks nothing is happening uh, imagine a little league uh situation where it's a 30 percent strikeout rate and uh balls are never in play it'd be super boring everybody would be kicking dirt and picking dandelions in the outfield it's just not that interesting uh of a game for for a wider for the you know the wider part of the audience, I think there's a certain component, a certain cohort of baseball fans that will love the game, no matter how it's played, and maybe some are even okay with it becoming something of a kind of a scientific experiment that it seems or sabermetric experiment. But if you're trying to reach a mass audience, which is what baseball is trying to do, uh, and make the product a little more interesting, and allow your athletes to do more athletic things, whether it's running the bases or making. Uh, great defensive plays. You need more balls in play. So I, I do think it's a, it's the right long-term decision. And now there's the, the ball tracking uh, that's allowed them to realize how big a problem this is. And I mean, the policing is going to be another problem because early on, because I don't think umpires, I don't think Joe West has been probably <laughs> properly trained and how to kind of evaluate is this hand, look legal or not uh, was it you that but, tweeted about him sniffing a hand <laughs> i i i did tweet that. <laughs> i said i uh, i think i wrote i was looking forward to joe west policing this and using all the senses or something like something along those lines and uh and i know a lot of media people have been bitching about oh major league baseball i mean major league baseball and rob banford have been getting dunked on all week and you know it's i think it's fair to be cynical about major league baseball but I mean, secretly, every writer is loving this, I think, because June 21st is going to give them all sorts of drama to write about and things to follow and fill up notebooks. And everyone will be watching June 21st. So uh, I think, yeah, if you gave everybody truth serum, everyone will be watching and enjoying the, the uh, whatever's going to happen on June 21st. But yeah, I guess long answer short, there's going to be all sorts of short-term problems. And I think the timing was probably poor. And if there's injuries associated with this, it'd be really bad. But long-term, I think it's the right call. Uh, it's better than moving the mound back to 62 feet. And you got to have more balls in play. I think that is a huge, a huge, even if it has short-term effects on players, you think about growing the game long-term, getting more young people interested in playing it and down the road becoming paying customers, it's the right decision. So I'll, Completely with you, especially on the timing part, though. And a lot of the things that's not really mentioned is we're coming off a season that's very shortened, and I think we were already looking at entries going up. Yeah, 
So doing anything that's going to make these guys make an adjustment this year is maybe the worst year they could have ever done anything. <laughs> and they just said, screw it middle of the year. You know what? Let's do it. Yeah. It's, that is the, that's the part that gets me. And I think, uh, you know, even as Trevor Bauer told me for a recent piece, he would have been, he would have made some changes to what they're trying to do, but he would have liked this a lot more had they begun it at the start of next season or say any opening day rather than midseason. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I think that part of this is uh, unfair, I think. And yeah, if there's more injuries, that would be terrible. Because you don't want to see guys' careers affected by this, uh, certainly. So yeah, I I totally sympathize with that. And <laughs> I think baseball could have handled it better. I was trying to think, is there some logical reason they they did this in the middle of a season? Um, Truthfully, I can't think of one. <laughs> the only thing I thought of, and I don't know that they would, maybe they just wanted the same players with the same 2021 ball to get a sense of how much of an impact mm-hmm. it's had. To like have the same, you know, you have the control group, which was before Jan- June 21st, and you'll have the control group, at, you know, see what the results after. That's, but I don't think they thought of it that in those terms there it would have made so much more sense to give players a warning at the end of last year when everyone knew this was an issue and say hey opening day we're going to enforce it and there's going to be these suspensions so yeah the timing is the curious part and deserves criticism for sure yeah i look back probably five years or so where mlb is on a new skin cancer awareness thing (laughs) and now they're trying to ban sunscreen basically <laughs> you can't use it at night preferably don't use it in the dome what is going through their minds yeah um i think they're trying to I'm make asking the job. you like you know but you don't know but, <laughs> i, I, I know, don't i think they're just trying to make the job a little easier for umpires like hey mm-hmm. don't worry about differentiating between stuff uh if it's not just rosin and I don't know how they're going to know if it's just rosin and not rosin and sweat or whatnot. Uh, I think they're trying to make life a little easier for umpires. But and and reading the memo, it seemed like they're okay with pitchers using sunscreen in day games. Just don't go to your mm-hmm. forearm between every pitch. Uh, but are, but still, when they check the pitchers, are they going to? There's probably going to be sunscreen on their on their person. And you know, if it's humid and sunny out, it's you know, it's going to. You can't just keep sunscreen controlled to every area of your body except your fingertips so i don't think they thought sunscreen out well enough and i asked major league baseball have you have you guys conducted your own experiment to see you know are there thresholds i never got a response response back on that so i don't even know if they've i know they did collect a lot of game balls and they conducted interviews with players and front office people and and whatnot so they did do some due diligence but i think they should have investigated the I think there should be tears. I think sunscreen should be okay. Uh, so unless it's like, it's like so abused, blatantly abused. So yeah, I think the execution could have been better. Yeah, I think you've just spoke on it. Spider attack, yeah, not okay. Pine tar, I think, is kind of in the middle. But why can't they just go with one thing? This is what we're going to do. That's all you're allowed to do. I feel like that would have made this a lot simpler. Yeah, especially for this season, because a lot of guys don't. My understanding is there's a tier of pitchers. Well, almost every pitcher has used sunscreen rosin, or many of them. And uh, 
and I don't know that the performance effect is that great. So I think you should have let that continue this year and then maybe ex- look into it more in the off season and determine whether that's okay or not going into next year. Uh, just maybe focus on the spider tack and the stuff that jumps RPM three, 400, 500, you know, 500 units. Uh, I mean, if, if someone had asked me for major league baseball, that's what I would have advised, but no one did. And, uh, <laughs> and here we are with uh, one of the wildest midseason policing efforts that, it's probably ever happened. There's never been anything like this. So, so it's going to be really interesting to see. I think we're going to see a lot of lying of pitchers that say they only use sunscreen or rosin because that seems to be the most universally okay thing. Yeah, I think we're already seeing that to some extent. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're seeing concerns about, oh, I was worried about batter safety, which I, I mean, I don't think guys want to hit batters and hurt people, but I don't think that was the incentive to use spider tack. Uh, and I also don't think there's any evidence that it's actually walk rate uh, is down uh, since June 3rd, as we've seen spin drop. And it seems like there's been some deterrent effect already. Uh, batters have hit 247 since June 3rd. They were, you know, they were hitting 236 on the season. So, I mean, that's the power of this, I think. Uh, I mean, maybe that's small sample noise, but I also think there's something to it. Strikeouts are down uh, a little over one percentage point. I think we already saw some immediate effect. And if baseball could add, you know, 15 to 20 points of batting average just by enforcing the rule book. I think that's good for the game long-term uh, without doing anything more radical. I think that it's perfectly within their, their rights to enforce their own rules. I just think the timing's weird. And, but I, yeah, I'm seeing pitchers make all these creative, Oh, I, I only use sunscreen or I was trying to, I don't want to hit batters. I just, I, I don't, that's not why I use spider tack. It just, it just isn't. No, I can't hold, I can't grip the ball without spider tack. That's just not true. <laughs> I mean, in the lab, just using rosin, we got 150 RPM bump. And that, I mean, rosin is essentially pine sap, uh, you know, that's been refined and put in powder form. That's, it's a pretty significant grip enhancer. I don't think you need more than that to grip a baseball. And I was just looking at fastball zone percentage for four seamers. And in two weeks before the June 3rd owner's meeting memo, it was like 54. 5% of fastballs were thrown within the strike zone. And since then it's been 54.1%. So I, with that and walk rate and hit batters really hasn't changed. I don't think we're seeing command issue fears. The injury one is the one I think, uh, but I don't even know that we will be able to draw any conclusions. There are, there's no, I don't think there's any peer reviewed papers on what spider tack does. If you stop using it, that it's a total unknown. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a scary one. Yeah, I think that's the last thing we want to see come out of this is, is injuries. But, um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. If, if baseball can basically just enforce the rules and fix this this batting average issue that we've got, I think I think that could, could drastically change the game, at least the viewing experience. Yeah, just why didn't they do this in the offseason? We all knew the – they've known the issue since 2018, since, you know, Trevor Bauer, you know, blew the whistle on the Astros chosen Garrett Cole basically and it's and public awareness and the data has only you know increased since then but baseball's mm-hmm. known this is an issue for a while and I mean I was emailing the commissioner's office back in 2018 asking if you know they were looking at this and that's so it's not like they weren't aware of it I think they were just a little slow baseball's slow to get out ahead of problems whether it's steroids 
Astro stuff. You know, it's uh, it'd be it'd be nice to see them be a little more proactive and less reactive. Uh, but if uh, you know, on the other side, they're acting more quickly than they did in the steroid era, in part because the data is there from Statcast, and it's a little easier to tell that this is a problem and quantify it. So still slow, but not as slow. Uh, it also bothers me that no Astros players got suspensions, but you're going to uh, that, that enforcement. I don't know. There there are other problems with it, but if batting average can get up in the 250 range because of this long-term, that's a good thing. So before we, before we kind of wrap things up here, quick question, did sticky stuff help play a role in Neil Huntington getting fired? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you look at like, like Garrett Cole being a totally different pitcher, when right. he left, Tyler Glass now being a completely different pitcher when he left. You know, Bob Dunning said when he fired when he fired Huntington. Now there's a lot of other factors that went into the decision, but he was sick and tired of people leaving Pittsburgh and uh, and getting better. Well, it was certain the player development changes certainly uh, played a role, and you know, the player development has changed so much even since I left Pittsburgh after 2016 season. That's just when the stuff was kind of when the Astros were really digging into it and uh you know Trevor Bauer was just starting I mean, he was only been at driveline a few years then they were just so that stuff changed quickly and if you didn't get on the front end of it as a team like the Dodgers did the Astros did the Rays did you were going to be left behind and I uh, I think that's what happened in Pittsburgh is they the game just changed so quickly and they were still as you know uh you know the Ray Surge philosophy which you know, had success in in the pre stack cast years in 2013, 2014, and even 2015. The whole the whole game changed. And it's gonna be interesting because I mean Garrett Cole did make a lot of real changes that had nothing to do with sticky stuff, where he threw, what he threw. The Astros did get I think he was gonna be an improved player, even assuming let's say he never used spider tack or whatever he seems to be using i still think he would have been an improved pitcher but to your point i, I suspect that played a role in his improvement and may, and perhaps glass now too uh it seemed like these guys learned how to uh optimize performance and perhaps sticky stuff after losing so yeah i think it <laughs> maybe it played a two percent role i don't i don't know it played some role uh perhaps so yeah, it, it's one of those questions that sounds kind of like, "What are you talking about?" But then you think about it, and you're like, "Yeah, maybe it yeah. probably had some effect." It's certainly it's certainly a player development story, and and this for, sticky stuff is now part of that player development story. Tweet it out. Travis Ochick says that sticky stuff is why Neil Huntington got fired. <laughs> right there's the <laughs> clickbait headline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so tough. You think about it was such a fascinating period because I do the Pirates kind of got on the front end of the of the defensive shifts and pitch framing. Like it's not like they're a bunch of morons. They were aware they took advantage of some things that other teams weren't. But the game just evolves and adapts so quickly. And if you're not always asking the right questions and really question yourself and you can get left behind quickly and in a way that would have never happened in any other period in baseball, the change there's been like 50 years worth of change in five years. And it's just crazy, crazy. And the pirates are a great test case for some of these things. Like 
look what happened when you find the things early. Look what happens when you maybe didn't <laughs> in fighter development right, and right. How, how quickly things change. I mean, imagine thinking at the end of the 2015 season that, you know, by, by the 2020 season, you'd have a complete regime change. You probably, I don't know, that would have been surprising, I think. Yeah, I agree. Anything else, Tyler? No, we know Travis has to run, so. Yeah, Travis, Travis got to go. So before before we head out, one last question. Donardo wanted me to ask you this. Oh, boy. You have you have the North Shore 9 Twitter account blocked. So he wanted to know why. <laughs> <laughs> see. Uh, I don't have any blocks. I don't know. Is there like a history there? I don't know. Like he was he was like, why why am I blocked? Why can't I see his tweets? I was like, it's probably because of your terrible puns. So that's that's uh, what I that's what I thought it was. You know what? Let's uh I don't know we don't, why. Or we don't that. have to block. Unblock. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the fact that I'm here today says there must yeah, be. Yeah, but Donardo's not. <laughs> Donardo's not. No, but uh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot for joining us. Really appreciate you coming yeah. on here. Um, yeah, it was it was a pleasure. Yeah. Where? Uh, go ahead. Plug your plug your Twitter. Uh, where can people find you? Uh. Just uh, Travis underscore Sachik, I think, is still my Twitter handle. I don't believe any change has been made. And, yeah, I'm s- I go through periods where I tweet a lot and I don't. But uh, I write for the score now. Uh, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can catch me. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for hopping on here. Really appreciate it. Hopefully this is going to be a really interesting topic to just kind of watch and see how it unfolds the next year, especially going into the yeah. CBA. Gonna be interesting. Oh yeah, what a mess! That's uh, a whole, whole that's other a mess. story. This, this whole blocking incident with the North Shore Nine is a mess. Yeah, I don't like. I don't yeah. even remember having like a Twitter squabble. So I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. We don't know. That'll be it, guys. Appreciate you all. Um, you can always find us Starbucks Tuesday or Wednesday morning, depending on when we wake up. Thursday nights on S9 Live. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later. Is that our scouts?